0: Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nlutheranpodcast.com. You can subscribe on Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at erik.anderson at nllutheran.com.
1: back to our New Life Lutheran podcast. This is Pastor Ben, and with me as always is our discipleship pastor, Pastor Eric. And we have been working through this idea of leading a life group. And so we've talked about all the principles and all the philosophies of leading a life group, and hopefully that has helped. But today we're going to get incredibly practical we're actually gonna walk you through kind of a a sample life group, a mock life group, so you can kind of see how these play out, how you take all those principles and all those ideas and all those philosophies and actually make them work so that your group can thrive and they can all get the benefits of a life group. And so we're just gonna work through this. We're gonna pretend that we are setting up a life group, that Pastor Eric is leading the life group, and we're gonna talk about what their experience uh, should be like, and really how you can lead to make sure they have a great experience. And so go, go ahead, Pastor
0: Eric, take us right into this. Yeah, so I am going to walk us through um, just a sample um, life group schedule, what it might look like um, as you're coming up to your time where your life group starts, and what it will look like to walk through um, your life group time together. By the way, um, I don't know if you guys can hear it on the podcast, but I do apologize that there are screaming children in the background because my office is located conveniently next to the nursery. Um, so I apologize if that's um, distracting, but you may, you may not even be able to hear that. So um, this, is, this is how I, uh, right now, my wife and I um, lead and host uh, the college age life group. So we kind of provide leadership for them, and so this is what I do. And so all I did is I sat down and just kind of, and just kind of systematized how I how I operate our group. Um, so let's say for example, you have a group that meets twice a month on Monday nights, right? So whatever it is that you're doing, if it's moms or women's Bible study or men's Bible study or um, just a um, you know whatever, I call the prime timers like you know, 70 and up group, you know, if it's whatever group you have, let's say you're meeting every other week, um, on Mondays and you're going through a video curriculum on right now media. So just like a typical life group, this is what I would expect from a leader, uh, what I would want them to do. So a week before the meeting, um, send out some sort of, uh, correspondence. So a week before your meeting, you just send out a text to people or an email to people, Or carrier pigeon, or whatever it is that you do, um, phone call to your life group members and just remind them um, of the time, the date, and the place that you're meeting. Hey, uh, don't forget—you know—send out a text. Hey, don't forget next Monday at 6:30, we're having um, our life group uh, at my at my house. Uh, And so then, um, a week before your meeting, watch the video for the next meeting. So do some do a little bit of prep, which hopefully. the video content you're using isn't a, isn't large, isn't a lot. Um, hopefully, that's fairly short. Um, so, time permitting, just watch the video or whatever you're doing for the next um, for the next life group. Look over the discussion handouts, workbooks, whatever it is. Kind of familiarize yourself with um, the questions and the flow of the discussion. So, just kind of get a feel for what you're going to be working through in that curriculum, so you can provide um, a good uh, kind of you can lead the discussion well. And then make sure that you pray for your next meeting. So one week out of a meeting, that's what I go through. Um, I work through what we're going to be talking about. I pray for everybody. I send out a text and just remind them of what's going on. Um, Three days before a meeting, um, so if you're on Monday, this would be Friday, uh, send out a text, make a call, remind um, anybody who's bringing food or snacks or drinks, just say, hey, don't forget, you're responsible to bring the main dish. Or you're responsible to bring the drinks, or you're responsible to bring some snacks, right? Just remind those who are doing the food uh that they're responsible. And then pray again. Pray for your pray for your next meeting in your life group members. Uh then you get to Monday night at 6:30 when you have your life group. Um, and as people come in, just welcome everyone warmly. Um, you know, don't try not to be awkward, just say hello, give a handshake, a hug, whatever is appropriate. Um Invite them to to eat or drink, whatever it is. Right, get get some food, and make sure that you begin your meeting on time. So if people are late, that's fine. Um, but just really try to honor people's time and start right at six thirty or whenever it is that you um, that you uh, have our meeting. Open with a prayer. Right at when uh, right at the start, just open with a prayer, and then I always um, do the highs and lows. So I start off with the highs and lows just to kind of break the ice. Um, get people talking about what's going on in their lives, what God's doing in their lives. And so we just go around the table and everyone shares one high and one low for the week when we ask questions, follow up with that um, and talk through talk through those things. Uh, then um, depending on how you're setting up your mealtime, you might have a meal first or your food first. So go ahead and eat and enjoy that. Um, that's actually how we do ours. We eat first and then we do our, our study. Um, so you would do your meal, um, then if, if appropriate, and then you would move on to doing your study or your conversation, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so during the conversation, uh, in the study, utilize some of those discipleship questions and encourage calling questions. Um, uh, try to have some of those memorized, have them written down. Eventually, like I said, we'll have a booklet that you can just have with you, um, just familiarize yourself with some of those questions and ask good follow up questions during the conversation. Um, you know, if you're gonna have your meal after the study, go ahead and have your meal um, then. Um, then, as the meeting comes to a close, um, pray together. You can also share prayer requests at the end um, before you pray together. Uh, but oftentimes, I find that uh, prayer requests come out during uh, the highs and lows. And so, I've actually uh, sometimes will just pray. Uh, for those things, like as they come up during the highs and lows. So uh, you have some freedom to do that, but you can uh, pray together at the end. And this might be the time uh, to do a prayer request. Um, and then as the meeting ends, thanks everyone. Uh, thank everyone for coming, um, but don't hurry them out. Uh, so hang out as long as people want to hang out, enjoy the small talk because small talk is good. It builds relationships um, and let people mingle and meander Um, out, out slowly. So that's a pretty simple setup. Um, I don't think life groups need to be complicated. Um, I think just doing the good prep praying beforehand, um, make sure everything is just coded in prayer. Um, but just kind of knowing what's going on, communicating really well with people. Those are kind of the keys to successful life group. And then the meeting time is pretty easy. Um, just open up with prayer, start on time. Um, if you're going to have your meal right away, Or at the end, it doesn't matter, but have your meal, do your highs and lows, do your study conversation, utilize those uh, discussion questions, uh, pray for each other at the end. And then, um, then you're out, um, and just enjoy that, the fellowship time that comes along with, um, the awkward space of a life group where people are coming and going, um, where you're done, but you're not really done. um, Those are all fine spaces. So it's okay to kind of feel a little awkward to do small talk. Those are, those are good things. So super simple, like leading a life group is not particularly complicated. um, And that's what a life group might look like.
1: All right. So hopefully that helped a little bit. Let's go through this a little bit more in detail, just for some of the questions that might pop up as you were listening to this. And so we're just going to work through this really, 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 really quickly, and and talk about a couple of the things that you guys feel more comfortable. Um, first of all, you mentioned how in your setup you are meeting twice a month. Yeah. Um. So what are your suggestions for people? How do they know how often their yeah. group should meet? How um, and how do they get to a place where they can feel comfortable? Hey, we're we're meeting enough. We're we're meeting too much. Right. How, how would
0: you help them on that journey? Yeah. So I would say. In general meeting every week is too much. That's that's a huge time commitment Especially for people with families um, so I i'm I suggest every other week to people when they start a life group Uh, because I feel like the pacing works out nicely. And then once you get into the rhythm, it's easy, and especially if you're communicating well, if you're reminding everybody of the next meeting, um, I found that that doesn't doesn't cause a lot of complications. You don't bleed a lot of people because of um, the infrequency of that. Part of it depends on how well the group knows each other, how long they've been meeting. Um, I would say at first, more frequently is better. Um, so that's why I suggest new life groups meet every other week, um, just so they can build that community, get to know each other. Um, but as people know each other for a while, um, then you can meet less frequently. So we have a life group that's been meeting for years and they just meet once a month and it works really well for them. Um, but they're also, uh, friends. So they have some connection in between those times. They see each other at, at worship, that kind of stuff. So I would say at first meet every other week, really try to establish that, um, and then, you know, years in, I think you can do less frequently, but I really suggest that every other week. I think that works out really nicely twice a month. Um, and then every, you know, whatever that is, third month, every fifth week, you kind of get a break. Um, so once or twice a year, you'll have a, an extra week off. Um, that's just a nice pacing, I think, um, especially with people with families, uh, so that it's not too much um, of a time commitment, uh, but also you're maintaining that regular connection uh, with your with your life group. One way to think about it, too, is think of it on a
1: spectrum and look at your group and ask the question, how hard is it to get together as a group? Yeah, So I, that's good. Uh, Pastor Eric and I both have kids, so it's a challenge because we have to find childcare right. every time. And so we my in my group personally we tried to meet weekly but it ended up just being a nightmare because right. either the kids had to come with which it was incredibly distracting um or we had to find caregivers which of course is a challenge so for mm-hmm. us meeting every other week would have been ideal but we really tried to force that week to week and really that stemmed from my experience with life groups started back when I was really young which means a week to week situation was easy because I was living in a space where, uh, moving and making decision and going and doing something was really easy, right? Middle of the night, I want to go watch a movie. I go watch a movie. And so find out where your group, think about your group. Where's the spectrum? How hard is it for them to get together? Think about like a family reunion. We we tend to do those either rarely or like once a year, if you guys are really dedicated, why? Because it's hard to get there, right? right. So that would be the extreme of the spectrum, but kind of read your group. Like Pastor Rick was saying, and then make that decision. Might be once a month, might be twice a month, might be, might be weekly. It just depends on the spectrum that your group is in. Now, the next thing you told us was to pick a video curriculum through Right Now Media. So I think a lot of people's question would be, how
0: do I pick uh, that video series? Yeah. So um, Right Now Media is a fantastic resource. I think. I think all of our life groups should use right now media, um, because I think it's just the best that we have right now. Um, but, uh, how to, how to pick a a good, um, study with right now media. I would say, uh, most, most of the studies on right now media are going to be worthwhile. They're going to be worth it, uh, to go through. One of the things that, that I don't like about right now media or that, um, yeah, that I just don't like much about it is that it's pretty, um, Theologically, it's pretty narrow, so you kind of get a particularly Baptist, Baptistic kind of theology with a little bit more of a Calvinist bent. Um, and that's not that's not true exclusively, but just in general, that's how it is. Um, so just be aware that there's going to be some nuances that may not be. Um, the same as what as what we believe, but generally, um, anything that you find on there is going to be good. Especially if you have any question, just find one that's produced by Right Now Media, because um, you know the quality is going to be good. You know the teaching is going to be a little bit more middle of the road. It's not going to be um, too theologically dense on on one uh, one side or the other of this of the theological spectrum. It's going to be pretty middle of the road. So um, just go uh, when you go on Right Now Media. I think one of the first Um, sections that they have on the on the homepage is right now media produced studies. So make sure you look you look to those or uh, the one that I actually would suggest would be to ask me uh, because I have a list of I think I have a list of like 15 or 16 uh, studies that I've uh, looked at gone through um, watched the videos looked at the um, the resources and I just kind of have a master list of ones that I think are really good. And I also have details like this one has free study guides that you can print off and go through. This one has a book that you can buy. And so it also has that information. So if you want to do a right now media study, um, but you're overwhelmed by the options, just contact me. Um, if you feel comfortable sifting through the options, go ahead on right now media and look through them. Uh, but if you, if you want some guidance, um, I can, uh, I can give you that in fact i just this morning emailed a life group leader um, five options that i think would be really good and gave them some of those details so you can always contact me um, if you want to know what study or what kind of study to go through Um, i'd be more than happy to um, help you uh, pick one out
1: on the next part the week leading up to the meeting we talked about correspondence and you offered a lot of options there was text and email and even carrier pigeon Uh, phone calls, you know, all these things to remind people, which of course is good because uh, not everyone has this locked into their calendar, not everyone's organized and you want to accommodate for them and help them because your ultimate goal is to live life together, not to, uh, hold people accountable to some standard you have for them meeting when they meet and, and whatever. So anyways, we want to remind them, we want to care for them. We want to love them in that way. How do I know the best way to communicate with my specific group?
0: Well, this is an easy answer. Texting. Texting is the best way to communicate with any group. Um, I understand some people won't have texts. I would text who you can and call the rest. That's what I would do because texting is easy. They're going to see it. They don't necessarily need to reply. You can just send out a general, hey, this is Eric. Just wanted to remind you we um, we have our life group coming up next Sunday. We're going to have chili. We're going to go over this stuff. Hope to see you there. Easy. Done. Um, I understand that's not the case, uh, that not everyone has text. So I would text who you can and call the rest. That would be my suggestion. Um, just because I think that's the most, that's the easiest and most personal. Um, but then you have other options like emailing if you, if you need to. Um, but that's how I would, I you know, of course, working primarily with younger folks, I text almost exclusively. Um, I actually do text exclusively uh, to my college life group, because that's just the easiest way to do it. Yeah. So a lot of that's going to depend on your age category
1: of people that you're with, and kind of how they communicate. I think at this point in time, a majority of people are using texting, and, and he's exactly right. It's going to get right into your pocket, because that's where your cell phone is, and it's with you all the time. And so... It's a great way to communicate with people quickly and remind them and connect with them because you do love them. Right. Another thing that you didn't mention, and this is really more of a after the meeting thing, mm. but please, 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 if somebody misses, yes, send them a text, give them a call afterward and just say, we missed you. Yes. You don't need to pry in or say, Hey, why weren't you there? What's wrong with you? <laughs> that's, that's not the point. The point is we missed you and you missed out. Yeah. Those are the big things. And so yeah. just Caring for them enough to do that too
0: speaks volumes. Yeah, I do have that missing um, on my on my walk through my notes, but that's a great that's a great point. Following up with people if they if they do miss or or and following up with people um, in their highs and lows or if they're prayer requests if they're like hey um, like for my college kids oh man I have a big uh, assignment that's due at the end of the week um, that sort of stuff sending a text you know at the end of the week and saying hey how did this go you know how are things how are things going with that. Um, following up is a huge, um, huge way to, to reconnect with your group. So we're going to keep going here real quick, kind of just kind of
1: giving a lot more meat to this, or at least answering the questions that you guys have, I guess would be a better way to say mm-hmm. it. Um, welcome everyone warmly to the group. Okay. This is kind of inherently built into this, but yeah. does that mean if I am the leader, should I be the first
0: one there? <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you are, if you are the leader, and if you, or if you are the person who is providing food, um, you should be there early. Uh, I would, uh, our life group, we meet at our house, so that makes it easy. Um, but I would try to be 15 minutes early, uh, for, to wherever you are. If you're going to meet at the church or if you're going to meet at somebody's house, just be 15 minutes early. Um, make sure that everything's ready to go. Um, so that you can greet, you can greet people as they come in. And it's like, and and there are going to be other people there who are going to say hello, but you just want to make sure that you're that somebody's there when people start showing up. Um, somebody needs to be there uh, when people start showing up to say hello, to give them a hug or a handshake or whatever, um, and and welcome them to that to that time. Yeah, that seems that seems obvious for the most part. But imagine
1: when we get lax on that and what that feels like for somebody to. Show up to your house and you're not home yet. Yeah. Or right. to show up into the room at the church, whatever room you guys have decided, and there's no one there. And they're thinking, did we, were we not meeting tonight? Am I at the wrong place? Um, all of these things. Or if you get going slow, you know, do you value my time? Right. Things like that. So uh, please, 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 uh, leaders, uh, you are the first ones there and the last ones to leave typically. So uh, lead, lead well in that. In that capacity, um, here's another thing. Uh, you, you mentioned food and drink a number of times. Are those necessities for a group to
0: go well? Right. Um, you know it. Uh, no, they're not. They're not necessities. I, I think that they're essential. Um, I think that they are helpful and important uh, because people feel um, food is a great connector. Food and drink is a great connector, um, and people feel more comfortable um, when they're eating and drinking with each other. Um, so eating and drinking with each other, makes it feel less formal, uh, which is important for a life group to feel less formal. Um, so I would say, no, it's not necessary, right? I can, I can envision some life groups, um, not, not doing it. Uh, but I would say it's certainly, it's, it's, it's an essential, um, part of the life group experience. Um, it's going to be hard to have a, a life group that connects well with each other if you're in a formal space, um, that doesn't include food and drink. So, but it can be simple, right? So it doesn't even need to be difficult. Um, it doesn't need to be a meal, uh, even just some crackers and whatever cheese spread or, um, you know, whatever juice and soda. Uh, I, it can be simple. So that, so certainly having a complex big meal isn't necessarily that that's not, that's not, that's certainly not necessary. Um, having a meal, uh, but having some sort of snacks, something easy, finger foods, um, even if it's just like an olive and cheese and meat plate that you can just kind of pick things off. Um, that's yeah, you can you can go as easy and simple as as you want. All right, here's
1: another question that would probably pop up in people's minds and probably has. We've mentioned prayer a number of times. Yeah. Uh, what if I'm uncomfortable praying out loud, and and how do I get over that, or how do I? Uh, force myself
0: to do that or is it even a necessity for my life group mm. well prayer is is a necessity for your life group um we are people of prayer God wants us to pray he expects us to um and it is a great privilege to pray uh so it is a necessity you cannot have a successful life group without prayer or without soaking it in prayer um if if someone's uncomfortable praying out loud I would say welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable praying out loud too, uh, because all the same things that run through your mind run through my mind. Like, oh, that sounded really dumb when I said that. Oh, these people are going to think I'm inarticulate and stupid. Um, so that's I. That's just par- part of it. Um, but uh, understand that prayers, even simple prayers, are effective. Um, so you know, when I and I try to give some training uh, when I pray you know, for a meal in our life group. I just keep it very, very, very simple, um, in earnest. Um, so I would say that's just kind of something that we have to get over, um, because prayer is necessary. Um, so even if it's just as simple as like, you know, Lord bless this time, um, give us your Holy spirit, help us love and support one another. Amen. Even if that's your opening prayer, um, that's a, that's an, that's an earnest prayer. Um, For your life group. And so, yeah, um, I would say, um, under we're all in the same boat about not liking to pray out loud. Um, so someone has to do it and so, uh, and it's necessary. So that's just kind of something we have to have to get over.
1: So the next section, we talk about study and conversation. Now I have to imagine that some people might be thinking, wait, conversation, is that necessary in a life group or can't we just sit there, soak in the teaching and then walk away? Uh, if someone were to ask
0: that question, how would you share with them the importance of the conversation? I would say that conversation is necessary for a life group, but study is not necessary for a life group. You do not need to go through a study to be an effective life group, but you need conversation uh, to be an effective life group. So um, that is that is absolutely like having having that having conversation with one another is. That is the center. That is the, that is the crux of a life group. Um, so that's why, that's why if you're going to do a study, I suggest making sure you go, you like work ahead and you look at what you're going to be doing, um, beforehand so that you can guide the conversation better. Um, but even if it's just working through your highs and your lows and asking those questions, those discipleship questions that we've talked about the last few weeks, you can do a life group just doing that. So, Um, the study is fine and the study can be a point, um, can be the kind of the center of the conversation, but conversation is absolutely, um, what, what we need to be doing together.
1: I think strategically, it's important to know where this all stems from is there is a space to be taught. Yes. Right. And, And so we see that in Christ's life. He would go to the masses, the crowd would gather, he would teach, and there wasn't a conversation happening. Now, when people walked away, they probably had conversations, right? That's different. But there was an intentional space where he shared life with people, with his disciples, and they often would say, hey, what did that mean? What were the implications of that? How do we live that out? That's the life group setting. And so if you go to just a Bible study where the person lectures at you, if you go to a worship service where the person is just speaking at you, that's the row and not the table. Right. And our life group is our is our table system. Right. That's the intimate connections. And so, if you don't have that level of intimacy in your group, and you're just getting lectured at, um, it actually completely makes the life group component right. worthless. Right. Um, because that's something you can get in church right. in a Bible study. You can get it at home.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not a life group anymore if that's the case. So. There's great teaching online. There are great podcasts. You can watch an endless supply of lectures and teachings um, on YouTube, uh, but you can't cultivate Christian community um, on YouTube. So that's how, or or on a podcast. So that's what the Life Group is doing is is doing that work of the conversation and consolation of the brethren, uh, because we do get that teaching. We can get that teaching other places.
1: All right. So we bring our our group to a close and here's the last question you might have as a leader. Okay. So we don't want to hurry people out, but the morning is coming. Yes. And uh, there's always that person. I shouldn't say always, but frequently there's that person in a life group who won't stop talking, won't go away, uh, doesn't get the social cues and (laughs) will stay at your house until midnight So what do I do if I have that situation going on? I want to be cordial, but I also don't
0: want to uh, lose my whole evening. Yeah. Midwesterners, we have this fantastic tool in our arsenal of getting people out of our doors. And it's the 12th part goodbye where you say, well, and you stand up and you say, it's about time to get ready for bed. And you take a couple steps to the door and you just slowly heard them to the doorway. Um, but all that, that's a joke, of course. Uh, I, you can, you can just say, Hey, um, we still got to clean up for tonight and, um, we got stuff to do in the morning. Um, so we really, we really got to be, be wrapping it up. I mean, just, just be nice about it. Um, and just say, you can, you can say, Hey, I, you know, we we're really, we need to get, need to get ready for bed. We need to get ready for this and that we need to take our kids home, whatever it might be. Um, so just nicely say, uh, that you need to move on to the next thing and, uh, and people will, will get that. Um, so be, be direct with people. That's what I do is just kind of, if people hang around, um, and we, I need to move on, I'm just direct. Hey, I need to, I need to move on to the next thing. Um, I need to need to do this, do that. Uh, so we'll see you, we'll see you later and just herd them to the door. Um, I know that's going to be awkward for some people um, because of their personalities, uh, but it's a skill. It's something that you have to develop. So uh, do the 12th part Midwestern goodbye, uh, give them several chances, and then finally just give them a direct, like, I need to move on to this, so we'll see you. We'll see you later. Yeah, those are good things. I mean,
1: most of the time, you don't need to start your life group with these ideas. It's just more of like, I'm in a life group. I, this is what I'm experiencing and no one will leave my house. <laughs> start off your life group the next time and say, look, uh, we love you guys hanging out. Uh, our life is going to end at seven yeah. 30 and at eight o'clock, uh, we got to start getting ready for bed. So we hope you guys all spend that extra 30 minutes with us hanging out, playing cards, eating food. But when eight o'clock hits, I know you guys got to go home because you got stuff in the morning and, uh, yeah. You can, you can move that through that pretty quick. I've had to do that in the past too, where I just set very specific boundaries, uh, especially, especially, especially if you're in a group with people who don't have a lot of obligations, like they don't have kids, right? If they have kids, they're going to walk out the door because their babysitter's time has run out. Yeah.
0: And they're going to walk out fast. Like as soon as that thing's done, they're, they're out of there. Yeah.
1: So you're good. And that's not a disrespect to you. That's just the reality they're living in. However, if, uh, you are serving a bunch of maybe retired people, they don't have a job in the morning or a bunch of college students, that's when they might stay forever. And so that's when you just got to kind of set your standard expectation, talk about at the front of your meeting, not when you're dealing with it. You can just remind them at that point in time and you should be able to get a better result if you're running into that. But typically we're talking really young people or really old people where this tends to affect them. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the middle, they have kids, uh, you won't have to worry about this because it's going to probably feel like the opposite. I wish they would stay, but uh, they're running out the door. Right, that's right. And so you'll just be in a different space. So,
0: yeah. And I would also say that most people like m- m- the vast majority of people are not going to be offended by that kind of thing that, that pastor Ben just talked about the vast majority of people are, are gonna understand? They're gonna respect your time. It's not gonna be an issue. You know, there might be one or two people out there who would be offended, who'd feel like it's you know whatever. It's personal, um, but just communicate. You know, say hey, I'm sorry. You know, sorry if you feel that way. Um, but this is the reality. Like I have kids. My kids are in bed. I, you know, whatever it is, you know, personally, I'm like, I have homework, I'm working on my graduate studies, I need to like there, I have things I need to do. Um, or maybe I need to do some work for the church still in the evening, you know, there's lots of things. Um, and so I think just explaining that, uh, but I've, I've never ran into, um, anybody who's been offended by, uh, me kind of being, being prompt with and direct with my expectations about, um, protecting my time. So I, most people aren't going to be offended. Just communicate well, be nice about it. Um, and, and I think that you're not going to have, you're not going to have an issue. All right. Well, today we worked through our
1: sample life group. So hopefully that helps you begin to form yours. Remember it doesn't have to be a carbon copy. These are just good practices to put into place. And so we had the, the week leading up to the meeting. We had three days before the meeting, we had the, at the meeting and we had even a little touch of post meeting. And then we work through all the frequently asked questions. And so these are thoughts that you probably had as you were listening. And so hopefully those were answered. If they weren't, uh, please contact us, right? Contact Pastor Eric. He'll yeah, walk sorry. you through, give you some better practices or give you some clarity on those things because we want you to thrive in your life group and we want people to thrive with you in your life group. And we believe that is something that you definitely can do If you begin to put these practices into place, understand the philosophy behind it and get people connected into a transformative relationship with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to take a a little bit different adventure with you guys. We're going to talk about Lent. And so uh, if you don't know what Lent is, or you've heard about it before, or maybe you've even practiced it every year, we're going to give you uh, some history on it, some practices within it and give you a little preview of what Lent will look like for us here at New Life Lutheran. And so be looking forward to that. We're going to dive into that conversation next week. Until then, I have been Pastor Ben, and with me as always is Pastor Eric, and we will see you guys next week.